Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Takes on Takes Tuesday edition of the show. My favorite thing we do every week. Kyle, welcome. How we doing? I don't know if you heard that, but my dog just ripped ass. Oh, terrific. Uh, <laughs> right as you kicked it over to me, it just... No, I didn't. I didn't hear that, but I hope that your microphone picked it up so we can enjoy it for. Yeah, years we're gonna to have to. We're gonna have to check the tape. But I'm doing great, other than the fact that I just got farted on by my dog. Mm, this is two hear. two straight podcasts with a Sophie appearance. Oh, she's wanting to make uh, uh you know uh her name known on the Draft News podcast, and I guess maybe that farts just kind of uh payback for the video you sent me about 20 minutes ago. Well, yeah, there was no comment. <laughs> <laughs> If you guys could just enjoy a day in the life of the two of us together, you would understand so much more of the deep-seated references that we make on this podcast. But look, 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 I'm just happy we're doing this podcast today because I thought you were ghosting me all day. You hit me at like 8.15 and I didn't respond because I was writing. And earlier than that, I thought I sent you something earlier, like two things and you know, I just felt like I felt like it was definitely a grudge because it took me you, three hours to respond to you like yesterday. You, oh, excuse me, at seven forty-five, you sent me the slate for takes on takes today. There's a text message that I sent you that I, I you shouldn't read on the podcast, but yeah, yeah. Did I miss this? You might have because it's definitely something you would normally oh, respond yeah. to. No, yeah, it was, it was seven o'clock. You're right. <laughs> My bad, Alan. <laughs> All right, takes on takes. Takes on takes. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. We got that. You know, we were worried about takes for this week for a moment. Yeah, we got a lot of takes at the beginning of the week. Yeah, they come 10, in hot. 11. Yeah, we were we were nervous, like going into Monday. Like ah, I don't think we have that much to get into, and then like Monday came, and everyone's like, boom, here you go. It's never too early to send in your takes on takes. Hashtag takes on takes on Twitter. Correct. At grinding the tape at the Joe Marino. You giving or taking first one? Uh, I'll take You're the first one. I, here. Yeah, I don't want the second one, so I, I'll take the first one. <laughs> okay. Uh, take from Jared Feinberg, good friend of the pod. Uh, he's very high on Miami this year, uh, talking about the Hurricanes. Yeah. I believe Tate Martell will be the starter. They have exceptional talent across the board, in my opinion. They just need a legit quarterback, and I think Tate is that. I say Miami wins more games. This comes back to our Miami versus Michigan debate. Yeah. Nine and 10 at the least. I mean, nine to 10 wins. That was what was revealing about looking at those two teams and seeing the schedule that Miami has. Like they don't really have much resistance in the way of them getting to 10 wins, right? Like they're, they're going to be favored most weeks. I mean, there's no real challenging games outside of the Gators in week one where you're like, ah, I don't think Miami has a great chance of winning that football game. So 
schedule alone, they have a really good course, an easy course to getting to that 10 win uh, regular season. But also, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot to be excited about this football team. All three levels of the defense has NFL talent. They've got uh, some weapons. You know, DJ Dallas is a good running back, a really good tight end. They got some receivers. Tate Martell comes over from Ohio State. Manny Diaz is the head coach. You have to think that is going to breathe some life into that program. And so there's a lot of, uh, you know, X factors that kind of compound here to lead me to believe that Miami is going to be at least a nine or 10 win team this year. Now, I don't think they're like the type of team that I'm expecting to compete with the Alabamas and the Clemsons, but I think we'll get to see Miami play Clemson in the ACC championship in, in Charlotte next December. M- Mitch, Mitch says Kellen Mond has the best arm talent in the 2020 quarterback class. And if you can make a jump this year and live up to his potential, there will be no hesitation putting him as QB one. There's a hot one for you, Kyle. This is uh incorrect. <laughs> I watched Justin Herbert over the weekend and uh, I'm not not done watching Justin Herbert yet, Joe. I've watched four games of, of all 22, every snap. Really taking a deep dive on him because of his status as a prospect. And some of this guy's best throws are phenomenal. He checks every box when he's in his rhythm for ball placement, Arm strength, the ball explodes off his hand. You can push the ball down the field. He can squeeze it into tight windows. Uh, he had one against, uh, wasn't Stanford, who was it? It was off his back foot. It was like third and eight, and he had a crossing route about 12 yards down the field, and he was off his back foot because of interior pressure. And the uh, defender undercut the ball, but Herbert put it out in front, on the upfield hand of the receiver about two inches away from the outstretched arm of the wider or the, the defender. So if you were going to just have me base arm talent for 2020, my guy's Justin Herbert. Did you watch Tua? I watched uh, the Louisville game. Okay. <laughs> and that's as far as I got. Okay. I was very distracted yesterday afternoon. All right. I so, can tell. A little yeah. scatterbrained yesterday. A little scatterbrained. Worked, worked till about 1045 <laughs> uh, because of it. So, uh, uh, two is on the docket for this week. Very good. Jordan, Dante Jackson would be the best free safety in the NFC South if Carolina switched him. His speed coupled with his understanding of where offenses are trying to, to do, what offenses are trying to do would make him a force on the back end. Size could be a concern, but I could live with it. Now, did he spell South with an F or did you? No, I think he did that on purpose. I'm, I South. Yeah. Because I, I, I said it phonetically. Yeah, you took it in stride. I saw that. I did. Um, I guess my biggest question here is why? Like, I really like Dante Jackson as a cornerback. You know, I really like him and Bradbury complement each other. You have the guy that can match up with the, the bigger X-type receivers in the NFL and, and James Bradbury. And then Dante Jackson's the, the twitchy guy that can really, you know, match steps with twitchier, speedier guys. And so I want him in situations where I can use him in man coverage and, and pattern match against guys that are tough to run with. And by putting him at free safety, I mean, I get that he's got the, the speed and range to really cover ground and, and work over top as a one high safety. But like, I don't think that's more valuable than what he can do in man coverage against wide receivers. So 
I, I feel like this is a sort of a weird thing to bring to the table because I don't feel like it's necessary. And I really like what he brings to the table in the position he plays, which is cornerback. All right, let's move on here to Brownstown Andy. Uh, he says, under the tutelage of Lincoln Riley, Jalen Hurts will become a late day two, early day three pick. And uh, also as part of addressing this, did you hear Mike Gundy's uh, comments about the Oklahoma quarterback situation? No. Oh, it's great. Not, but I'm sure it's amazing. Yeah, he was he was at, uh, I guess, big, his Big 12 media day yesterday. And he was asked about, like, you know, Jalen Hurts being the quarterback at Oklahoma. And he took it upon himself to be like, when's the last time Oklahoma recorded, uh, recruited a quarterback? 2006? <laughs> <laughs> so nice little shot oh, there. I mean, good. obviously, the transfer thing's working for him, right? Like, I get that. But I thought, you know, that was that was pure Mike Gundy. But uh, all right, so what do you think here? Jalen Hurts, day two, day three potential? Did, did you hear Gary Patterson's comment? No, tell me. All right, my producer's going to pull it up while I am giving the feedback that I do not think Jalen Hurts will be a day two quarterback. Um, what about early day three? He put that in. No, no. Um, I understand he had the really nice stretch there at uh, the end in the SEC championship game and kind of brought Alabama back from the brink. But it, it was a flash in the bucket, and he had flashes in the bucket beforehand too. And I just – I. I don't see the consistency with his accuracy and his arm skill. Uh, he's a great athlete. He's a good thrower of the football, but he's not a good passer And that his deliberate ball placement, the speed of the decision-making that he's making. Uh, Oklahoma can mask some of that, but I think the NFL will look at the total body of work, and I have a very hard time seeing Jalen Hurts build himself into a, a top 150 player. I would agree with you, and I hope that you have the the Patterson comments. Up. I, I do. All right. Um, this was it was asked about him being such a long tenured coach. Mm-hmm. Patterson goes, "I have a little bit of cockroach DNA, and you can't kill a cockroach." <laughs> Jesus, I started in fifth place with my wife, and I just outlasted everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's good. That's good. I don't know if these ACC coaches are going to give me that type of material over the next no, couple days. No, I don't days. think they will. Sorry to say. <laughs> okay, Joe. This is from uh, Tyrion. You got to put money on it today. The first five picks of next year's draft are some combination of the Raiders, the Bengals, the Jaguars, the Giants, and the Cardinals. Well, you know I'm taking the field, right? <laughs> I think that's the smart thing to do here. This is way too many things that have to go right. I mean, I think there's a logical belief. I think there's three teams there, the Gi- uh, Giants, Cardinals, and Bengals, that I would feel very comfortably being in the top three. But, I mean, don't you think the Raiders can win six or seven games maybe this yeah. year? The, yeah. Jag- the Jaguars are going to play good defense. They have improved quarterback play. I mean, that's a team that will win seven or eight games probably this year. And where's yeah, the mean, Dolphins? Where's the Dolphins the, in this conversation? If the, Jag- if the Jaguars are picking in the top five, then just blow that thing up. Right. They've got better talent than a team picking in the top five. And – not not to cast shade at the Dolphins, but I think most people would believe that they should be part of of this conversation at this point. So I don't I don't think this You'd is the right wrong. mix of teams. You'd be wrong. You want to make this the bet? One of our first bets, the Dolphins. No, I'm are- not betting on my own team. I'm not yeah. an idiot. <laughs> 
you did challenge Tom Brady to a competition. That's true. Let's let's talk about Tom Brady being a coward and not acknowledging my oh, open challenge on the internet. Did he really? He just cowered and, and hid in a in a hole. No, a coward. That's what I'm saying. He was a coward. Like he didn't cower. He was a coward. Oh, new because vocabulary. he didn't acknowledge my challenge. Where we have no Trevor Joseph this week again with no uh, new vocabulary for Joe. I'm disappointed. What does that have to do with Tom Brady? Well, because we talked about cower and cowards. But anyway, Tom, yeah. Tom Tom talked a bunch of shit to some guy. Yeah. Who's who was said that Tom Brady's rating was off in Madden or something because he was was too slow to to be as good as he was rated or something. And Tom just replied, and it was a boss ass reply. He goes, "I'm a lot faster than you." <laughs> that was all that he said. But I actually ran the 40-yard dash a few months ago, and I was like five hundredths of a second faster than Tom. So I – and that was like you, – you saw him run the 40 like last month, right? Yeah. He ran a faster 40 time at 40 years old than he did when he was 22. But you still beat him. But I still beat his new time. So I quote tweeted and said, I challenge you to a dual Tom with video of – me running my 40 and Joe's commentary that says, would you look at that? Kyle Krabs is better than Tom Brady at the 40-yard dash. And within 30 minutes, he posted that doctored up video of him running the 40 in like 0.64 seconds or whatever that they, yeah. they like. So, he, you know, he was on this computer. Somebody was on his Twitter account. They could have passed the message along. Didn't want to smoke. You hate to see it. Yeah, you do. You do. You really do. I think this is mine. This uh, Leggett take. Yep, I'll say so. Jay Leggett 65 says, after drafting Damian Harris in the third round, who was a steal, to go with Sony Michelle, James White, and Rex Burkhead, the Patriots will have the deepest running back room in the NFL and could lead the NFL in rushing in 2019. I appreciate the sentiment. I think they do have a, a very talented group with White, Michelle Harris, uh, Burkhead's kind of a sneaky contributor. Deepest? Hmm. You can make a case for the deepest. Do I think they lead the league in rushing? No, because they still have Tom, right? Like, inevitably, I understand they made a transition into a more rush-heavy offense. But I don't think, when you've got Tom Brady... I don't think that you're going to put yourself in a situation where you're going to be rushing for, what, 22, 2300 yards or something like that. I just, I just don't think that because of the presence of Brady on the roster and McDaniel still being the offensive play caller there, uh, I don't think they'll commit themselves to the run as much as they would need to, but they have the talent to, yes. Take the field, as Joe would say. <laughs> Mantis Toboggan. Calvin Ridley will be a top 10 wide receiver in 2019. I got in trouble with the Calvin Ridley. No, I won that Calvin Ridley thing last year, right? It was whether or not the Bills receivers would have collectively more receiving touchdowns than, than Calvin Ridley in 2019. Yeah. Or it, got, it got close, though. It Calvin did. died off. He killed me. I know. I know. He was at a crazy pace there to start the year. Um, A top 10 receiver? In what? Yeah, like I, I, I feel like like we will think of him as one of the top ten receivers in football next year after the season. I don't know. Like, okay, so I don't think he'll be in the top ten for receiving just because 
the market share of the other players that exist in the Falcons passing game. I don't know. I, I, I think top, if you give me top 20, I can, I can, I can get behind it. I think top 10 is a little high. Nolan Nahus. Oh, this is not one that you want to take. Um, no, I don't. Why don't you give me the next one? All right. Uh, the Raiders snake pit says potential exists for John Gruden to use Drew Brees as a bridge from Derek Carr to Trevor Lawrence. This was turned in by Jason Willis. That was the headline of an article that went out on the Raiders snake pit, which I think has Bill Williamson as their lead writer. How the fuck's this going to work? I don't know. <laughs> You're bring in Drew Brees and then manage to get the first overall pick, the pick Trevor Lawrence with Drew Brees as your quarterback, <laughs> throwing to Antonio Brown? It's peak July 15th NFL content is what it is. No. <laughs> this will not happen, Joe. Take from Nolan. George Straits, this is the one I did not want. I did not want this smoke. Just like Tom didn't want any of my smoke. George Strait's new song, Every Little Honky Tonk Bar Slaps Harder Than Old Town Road. As somebody who loves late 80s, 90s country as much as anyone in the world, I love, you know, country artists today that sound like those those people, like Cody Johnson and, and Luke Combs. I'm here to tell you that this is fake news. Old Town Road, much better song, slaps way harder than George Strait's new song, Every Little Honky Tonk Bar. And let me give you a hot take about George Strait. I think he's sensational. I think that he's one of the best country music singers of all time. But where I think I'd lose a little respect for George Strait is that this guy, while he has some of the best hits we know in country music, this guy has recorded more songs than anyone in country music history, probably like times two. And so when you put, when you turn on a George Strait album, which there are dozens and dozens of, you are going to hear one or two good songs and 10 that you just want to fast forward through. So it's it's kind of an interesting dynamic there with George Strait. But no, no, Old Town Road is slapping harder than every little honky-tonk bar. All right, uh, Jeff Jackson II says, With a fully healthy year, Jake Butt will lead the Broncos in receptions. No, they just drafted Noah Fant, man. Right, Noah Fant, they've got uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton. I mean, is he yeah, going to be in the top four? I'd Plus like Phillip to think Lincoln? so. I'd like to think so because I like Jake Butt coming out. I was a big fan of Butt. You're supposed to laugh there. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, but I, I just don't, I don't see, and I understand, I will say this for this take, Flacco likes, likes his tight ends, right? <laughs> If Noah Fant struggles with the onboarding process at the NFL level and he's slow to adjust, maybe Jake Butt, as a fully healthy player, takes that lead featured role in year one and, and Butt or and uh, Fant is more of uh, like what he kind of became in Iowa this past year is you know the secondary tight end. And I'd love the Broncos to use a lot of two tight end stuff because I think they got two talented tight ends. But I... I'd, I have a really hard time seeing him give this an honest run to lead the Broncos in receptions. I'll, I'll give you a hot take. Jake Bunt will, will not be in the top four of receptions for the Denver Broncos in 2019. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're probably right. Also, uh, the Broncos need to sign Poop Johnson. Let's just be honest. Please. 
butt and poop on yeah, the same Need team. it. Need it. Make them stand next to each other in the pregame, too. Yeah. Put their lockers next to each other. And Well, the most important thing is that poop uh, goes on the, the nameplate, right? Like, we make an exception here. I don't need I to mean, see Johnson. His last name's also Johnson, so like... Right. Right, there's a lot, work a lot of way. versatility here with this guy's name. <laughs> First overall pick, versatility with the name. Uh, I'm actually glad you got this one, and I'm okay. glad I'm getting the next one too because I got I I've been sitting <laughs> on a zinger for this for about uh, 24 hours. Take from Andrew to my fellow AFC East basement dwellers: the Jets have the best running back, tight end. Interior defensive lineman, all-fall linebacker, and safety in the AFC East with the potential for the best quarterback and wide receiver in the future. All right, so this was tailor-made to make the Jets sound really good, but I'm not sure there's any lies here. But let's work through it. The Jets have the best running back. Yes, Le'Veon Bell is the best running back in the division. Chris Herndon is the best tight end. Interior defensive line, I mean, Williams, Quinn Williams, Leonard Williams, Henry Anderson, that's the best trio of, of interior defensive linemen in the division. Off-ball linebacker, C.J. Mosley. <clears throat> I mean, I like to think that, you know, Tremaine Edmonds has some upside there, Matt Milano, but no, I mean, C.J. Mosley's the best one. Safety, this is where I think it gets a little bit debatable. Jamal Adams, tremendous football player, but he's going to have to get his hands uh, on, on the football a little bit more and create some takeaways before I start saying he's the best safety in the AFC East that has players like Rashad Jones and has Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer and both the guys from New England, like, I, I I see the ceiling of being that type of player, but the ball production needs to be there for before I can anoint him as the best safety in the AFC East, where that's a really good across the board uh, position group. The potential for the best quarterback, yeah, of course. And Sam Darnold, I mean, his it, there's a very reasonable uh, position to take there. And then wide receiver, who are we talking about? Quincy Anunua. No, he's talking about there's some weird obsession on the internet with Robbie Anderson. Oh, uh, no, I mean, like, no, no, I don't think that I don't think that he I mean, the, the, in Q Harry is right now when you look at the landscape of receivers in the AFC East, you have to think that in Keel Harry's the one with the most with the biggest upside for, to be the best one in the division, right? Like, I feel like that's conventional wisdom there. So I think I'm on board with some of this and I, I have some beef with with the other parts of it. Right. Sam Robinson says, caring and arguing about Madden ratings is for children. Then why do so many places talk and write about it? Because people care and people read it, right? The one that I wanted to dig into was off of the Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara was uh, ranked behind Kareem Hunt. In the running back rankings this year, Joe. I don't know if you saw that. But um, I said, y'all did Alvin Kamara dirty, and I'm not having any of it. And uh, Scotty G, you actually did not get this one for the queue. Said, shouldn't be over 90 if you only play 60% of your snaps, in my opinion. Hashtag takes on takes. To which I say, excuse me if I'm not going to put a lot of stock in snap counts from the same coaching staff that thinks it's a good idea to take Drew fucking Breeze out of the game and let Taysom Hill throw the football. Am I supposed to respond here? No, I just was doing the pause for dramatic. Oh, uh, you're just letting it go there? I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, uh. <laughs> Do I, am I wrong, though? No, I don't disagree with that at all. 
no. Okay, yeah. Because you don't want to get into another Alvin Kamara Zeke Elliott thing. No, I'm I'm good. I'm good. On how do you feel about how you, how do you feel about Todd Gurley being the the highest rated running back in Madden? Is he really? Yes, ninety seven overall, Todd Gurley. Oh, um, I, I I'm surprised. How do you feel about Saquon Barkley being the fifth best running back in football? I, uh, Saquon Barkley is the tailor made running back for Madden. Yeah, yeah, he is. So so five, while that's very high, that's disrespectful based on his skill set. And when we're talking about, you know, Madden ratings aren't about the best players, right? It's about those players being in a video game. And Saquon Barkley has every bit of ability that you would want in a Madden player. Should be higher. But he's behind Melvin Gordon's 3.7 yards per carry before this past year. Man, you just want to write. You just want to write off 2018 as it relates to Melvin Gordon, and I bet you do as somebody who's trying to make it like he's not one of the best running backs in the game. Well, apparently, according to Madden, he's the fourth best running back in football. Not bad. I think that's where right. I had him too. Fourth. Yeah, didn't I? I had like three elite tier, and then I said that Melvin Gordon was in the excellent tier. If I only went off 2018, he's elite, but I wasn't going to dismiss the previous three seasons. And your thoughts on Christian McCaffrey being the sixth best running back in football? I mean, he's he's the the B plus version of Saquon when it comes to the video game, right? Yeah, I mean they're so, both they're both ninety ones. I mean, if I was playing Madden, I would want those would be the two guys. Him, those two plus Camaro would be the three guys that I would want to be my running back. You're absolutely right. Maybe you maybe Gordon's like is the fourth one, and specifically for Madden. Okay, we've uh, got two more. You're getting one on the Bills relocating to Toronto. This do you want to do this? Yeah, give it to this? me. I have okay. takes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, Take yeah. from Ty. Buffalo Bills should relocate to Toronto. Agreed, big time. 90% of the stadium on game days is Canadian already. Wow. We'd support them like we do the Raptors. Plus, we actually have Buffaloes. <laughs> Let it go, Buffalo. Oh. Takes on take. Ty, brother, delete your account, my guy. This is terrible. Here's the deal. First of all, the stadium is not 90% of Canadians, okay, on game days. That's just that's just an, a total exaggeration. And here's the first thing you need to hear from me, is that I am all for the re- regionalization of every team. As somebody who lives in Charlotte, to see the Carolina Panthers be a regional franchise that you know appeals to all corners of the Carolinas, for Buffalo, a team in Western New York, which is a very small market, to extend that, into Ontario. All of that is something that I'm very much for. I am for the globalization of football as much as anyone. I love it. It's a great game that everyone deserves to enjoy. But here's the deal. If the Bills to Toronto was was as you say it would be, then they should have capitalized on their opportunity from the Bills-Toronto series, a series that ran from 2008 to 2012 where the Bills played a, a preseason game and one regular season game in Toronto. And those games sucked. They absolutely sucked. There was no energy. They were they were poorly attended. There's tarps on the lower level. So don't sit here and tell me that you would support that team like you do the Raptors because you didn't when you had the chance. The series was ended early. They they postponed it in 2014 uh, with more time remaining on the deal and then it was completely thrown out uh before it was ever picked back up again. It was a disaster 
when the opportunity was there. And uh, Toronto showed their true colors when it comes to football when they failed to support the team during that stretch. Flex on them, Joe. Boom. Flex on them. Now, this you're getting this one, huh? Uh, this is for both of us to, to wrap it up today. I think this is a good way to end it. I'll read it. I'll read it. Or do you want to read it? What do you want to do here? No, you go ahead. And, you go ahead and read the take, and I'll break down the graphics. Okay, this is this is very important. Uh, Ruben M. <laughs> At low, low lip, lip McGee, McGee one. <laughs> <laughs> the Kyles will be the most successful wave of the Area Fifty One. Raid hashtag takes on takes. <laughs> so I think we need to actually like dedicate a whole show to the area 51 rate. Cause this is, this is getting super amusing. Um, if you're unfamiliar, Facebook had a group of people that says uh, they want to storm area 51 and uh, quote, let us see damn aliens. So there's like a 200,000 people RSVP'd yes to this Facebook group on September 20th. They're going to storm Area 51, which if you were going to do, you probably shouldn't openly advertise on the Internet. Second of all, the United States government only recently acknowledged that Area 51 is like a, an actual thing, which means they've probably removed anything that would be of super top secret, like if you're only going to acknowledge that it exists now after it's existed for like 70 years, why would they acknowledge it? Right. So like, let's, let's take a big step back, but if they're going to do it, somebody's laid out the, the plan of attack. Uh, there's nine separate groups of people that are going to storm area 51. There's the Kyle's <laughs> with the monster energy buff. So they get a plus 10 berserk. Uh, booster on their stats anti-vax kids people armed to the teeth uh, naruto runners karens crackheads karens rock throwers <laughs> furries and quote the rest of us sneaking in safety <laughs> which is in the background so joe i guess my question for you is are you familiar with the reference of the energy buff plus 10 berserk or what Naruto runners are? Yeah, I I'm familiar with that. I'm not familiar with the Naruto runners. No, I have no idea what that means. What about furries? No, not a clue. Okay. I mean, is, should but does Naruto, most people Naruto, know what this Naruto's like some Japanese anime thing or something like that. So, whoa, you deleted yeah, the Yeah, uh, that was a mistake. Uh, here it is back. All right. So the take is the Kyles will be the most successful wave. Yes, obviously. We're very successful people. I don't think there's any question. First of all, they have them outline or uh, flanking to the left, the, uh, the boundary all the way outside, which is very valuable. And... Uh, they also got two waves of Kyle's buffed up on Monster Energy drinks running up the middle. So, looks like a solid game plan to me. The Kyle's, here's a take for you. The Kyle's, that's the Dothrakis, man. Yeah. The, it, uh, the Blood Riders. It, yeah, dude. That, that, that's exactly it. And this is a lot like the strategy that uh, that Ramsey used on uh, Jon Snow in the Battle of the Bastards. 
I just love that you're making Game of Thrones references. It's important. You know, it's important. It is important. I'm it glad I'm important. here. I'm, I'm glad I'm part of society. It's for also one important that you all come back tomorrow because we are, Joe, this may be our most entertaining show yeah, to date. Not today. Wait. Today was good. But tomorrow is on a whole different level. We are committing ourselves to reading through and breaking down Jacoby Brissett's Twitter timeline. If you're not familiar with Jacoby Brissett's Twitter timeline, <laughs> um, it is a doozy. He's recently wondered uh, why the sun is hot, but space is cold. He's wondered what shape the sky is. He's asked if you've needed to wash a cup if you're only drinking water out of it, because you're going to wash it using water. This man is a prized possession of NFL social media, and we're going to break it down in depth tomorrow. Come back and see us then. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.